Hey, everybody. I'm Kelly Ellers. I'm Jeffrey Lunnan. And this is Volume Up by The Tease. Hey, Jeff. Happy to be here. It is Monday. I think we have two Mondays left of the year. We're almost done with 2020. Thank God. I mean, 2020 Mondays have got to be the worst kind of Monday, right? Pretty much. I mean, 2020... 2021 is just around the corner so who knows we're not through the the thick of True. the wood Out who knows the wood. yes that's in the, the thick thing. of it we're in the thick of it still not out of the woods 2021 mondays could be even worse than 2020 mondays but oh. it could be oh. much better yes let's hey, be hopeful i once had this coworker who loved mondays have you ever had one that loved Mondays? No, yeah. no. But I'm also I'm I'm not a hairstylist, so that might color my oh view fair. of Monday. Yes, right? I mean, oh yeah. It's not a it's not a day of rest for me. It's a <laughs> it's another kind of day. <laughs> but I guess it's like you're coming back to things. Mm-hmm. It's like your chance to set it right. So like get the list going again. The checklist. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So last week's pod was so interesting and our audience is really loving it. I know Leslie had some interesting ideas on how the future of salon education is happening. Obviously, there's a lot to be heard about sanitation and the wonderful things that Barbicide is solving for. So let me have it. What did you think? I mean, there was just so many things that we covered. Uh, Again, if you've not heard it, you should go back and listen. Uh, Absolute pleasure chatting with her. So, so knowledgeable about, as you just talked about, infection control, safety protocols, what we ought to be doing in the salon to keep people safe, whether it's, you know, staff or clientele. Uh, But then also she talked about domestic violence prevention, um, all of these different programs that are available uh, via the Barbicide and Blue Co brands. I mean, just so much. a wealth of knowledge and information, uh, and we can't wait to have her back in the future because they've got so many programs that are going to be rolling out in 2021. So that might be a Monday that we're looking forward to. Oh, yeah. I'll look forward to that Monday. <laughs> nice, Whenever that nice Monday is. Nice job bringing that a full circle. <laughs> <laughs> For real, you guys should go back and listen to it. Leslie was incredible. And if you liked last week's episode, and we hope that you did, Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at ReadTheTees, and send in questions to volume up at thetees.com. On today's episode, we interview stylist to the stars, Monet Everett. Monet, oh my God, how exciting. She's, Where she's even a, force, a force to be reckoned with. So much experience within hair in terms of styling celebrities, uh, as well as other high profile folks, uh, but so much to say in terms of, again, education, uh, the need for sort of diversity of thought, uh, diversity of experience in terms of hair texture, like, uh, you guys are going to love this interview. And you should mm-hmm. listen to what she calls a hair enthusiast. Because if you're one of those, watch, mm-hmm. out. watch out. Don't be one of those. <laughs> Before we get into that, what has you excited about this last week, about the coming week? Any bones to pick, Jeff? Just about how much food I'm going to eat. Mm. Um, I have really just like bulldozed into emotional eating in 2020. Like quarantine has has been tough on the waistline. Okay. Um, I'm not really too upset about it, though. So to be clear, I'm not like beating myself up. Uh, but Dad bod. 
Dad bod? Yeah, no, dad bod. Oh, it's it's, it's all the rage, year. don't you know? <laughs> 2020, uh, it's my year. But mostly, like, I'm going to eat a lot of holiday cookies. Okay. I've got a sweet yeah. tooth to establish this. Too. Maybe you didn't know that about me, guys. But, you know, cookies are my, yeah, it's up there. So it's going to be you know, it's going to be tough. Yeah. For, for my future self. You know, here's the thing. I, if I never ate a cookie again in my life, I'd be fine. Wow. I wow. don't like cookies. That's tough. I, yeah, I don't, I just something, I don't know. So are not, you more a no savory? Cookies. Yes. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So I mean I like all of it, which turns out to be my problem, but but I especially like holiday cookie. Um so what yeah, kind these, of these are gonna be... like what is it this just the almighty sugar with uh, I mean sugar is up there, especially okay. when there's like novelty decorations. Like I'm a sucker for that. Um mm-hmm. sprite sprinkles, like those oh yes. Yeah, like the granule, you know. Um, you know, speaking of sprinkles, I try to stay away from those cookies that have those things that look like there's silver BBs on top. Does that? I mean, in you? general, we probably shouldn't be ingesting metallic foods, you know, like, but they are quite compelling. I mean, like they look good. Shiny. And yeah. So if you're a magpie like me, um, but yeah, no, generally probably shouldn't eat those. I definitely do eat them. Yeah. But good for you for having self-control mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that i don't love and this is like i might be alone in this for okay. holiday cookies is you know a lot of people make tins and they like prepare them and yeah. you know all that good stuff when they mix mint with other and then everything winds up being kind of minty Ooh. <laughs> that is enough to like make me throw out the whole thing so that i have never <laughs> Before. I can't stand it. Like the like, residual mintiness, a minty cookie, which I would not eat for myself. Oh, chocolate and okay. mint. Never. Yeah. No, never oh. for me. I know that's a hot take, um, controversial opinion, but when it's <laughs> in the same place with the cookies that are not the meant to be minty, just seeps in. it's the worst. It's truthfully, there's nothing. I don't think that there's anything worse than that. That's Obviously, amazing. There are I have that, that thought has never, ever crossed my mind, but now it's Welcome. here. <laughs> I've given a lot of thoughts to holiday cookies. So try to think if I ever have <laughs> offered you anything with a mint flavor. Like you must have been repulsed if I did. I don't, I mean, like a mint by itself. Great. Oh, you're wonderful. Okay. Okay. Oh, for sure. For sure. Like minty, breath freshening. Ooh, yeah, all about it. But if you put it in chocolate, absolutely not. <laughs> I love it. All right. Do you have any bones to pick? Things to look forward to as we power through yeah. the holidays you know i'm really loving that my kids still believe in santa That's and i so- think it's the last year oh it's the age of innocence is going to be gone mm-hmm. we've heard hints like it's just you it's just so and so there's no such thing and so that's, that's kind of a tough. bummer mm-hmm. that's rough. but it's but it's great that it's still a thing for this year so mm-hmm. enjoy it for now <laughs> it'll go Meanwhile. with 2020 like everything else <laughs> <laughs> don't ever return again yeah <laughs> uh, would i mean you've got two boys yeah. one older obviously one younger would <laughs> the older yeah. be so cruel as to ruin the whole Absolutely. thing for the uh, okay. the the older one and the younger one their sole purpose daily is to ruin each other's day mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Wow. So if there's a 
prime opportunity to really, really get you. It's going to be that it's going to happen. That's, so that's... anyway, we shall, we shall just enjoy this, this Santa season. Please do. Um, meanwhile, more. my daughter is just now getting some sort of understanding of what a Santa is. And okay. so we are, we're excited about how this is going to go. Santa's supposed to be bringing her a pink doll. Mm. That's all she wants is a pink no doll. Way. So Santa's gotten the pink doll, by the way. Okay. So we're good. The pink doll. Yeah. Santa's good. <laughs> he worked his magic. <laughs> so speaking of things that are happening this week, our editorial team, always great, incredible. So many things up on the site that you guys should definitely be checking out, diving into brands that you don't know that maybe you should mostly via our gift guides, which is something we're going to talk about. There are so many things on the tees.com right now, most of them gift guides appropriate for the holidays. So if you've not peeped them, we're going to talk about them. Let's First up, gift guide for barbers. Mm-hmm. Barbers are get, sometimes get slept on. We've got a whole list of things that we think are going to scratch the itch for barbers. Uh, basically everything that a barber could want listed there not going to get into the name of some of the tools and stuff, but there's some good ones. So we encourage you to check that out. So I'm loving celebrity colorists and hair influencers and their gift ideas, mostly because off the top, I love our Friedman. Like she's a total badass. Worked with her like 10 years ago. So she's given us her hot takes. Morgan Parks also from 901. Uh, amazing. So who's not going to listen to her? Sylvia Rays. Um, so shout out to Camille, our editor, for rounding up those amazing colorists and sharing the details on what we need. Incredible. The other gift guide that I think is maybe my favorite is the editor approved gift guide. I mean, come on, can't beat that. So our team, some of the team, compiled their the things that they are gifting this season, including myself. Uh, so check that out for some inspo. Pretty wide ranging hair stuff, beauty stuff other stuff, um, including novelty 2020 themed ornaments, which are now sold out. So sorry about that, but you should look at them because they're great. Hmm. Lots of stuff on the tees. I love it. So, you know, Scotland kind of knows what's up. If you've heard the latest news, they passed a period product bill, which is very important. So congrats to the Scots, the Scottish, the Scotties. All of the above. That was incredible. <laughs> Congrats to them. Congrats to them. You are ahead of the game. Yeah, oh. no. Women shouldn't have to pay for feminine hygiene products. Is that a controversial stance? I don't, I, I don't. I don't think so. So good for them for actually doing something about it because that's kind of insane how much money goes into marketing those things and yeah. making women feel like they need them, et cetera, et cetera. So. The Way pink to go, tax Scott. is real. The pink tax is real. Mm-hmm. And you should read up on it if you don't know what that is. Yes. Go to thetees.com. Check it out. Another article that you should check out if you haven't is our brand new series, The Tees Tours. Uh, first up was Barbara Barber Salon in Chicago. And we talked all about how the salon came to be, how it strives to be super inclusive, its gender neutral pricing. Um, insofar as long-haired folks pay the same price, no matter whether they're women, men, etc. Not important. What is important is the length and the effort that goes into it. Fascinating combo that we had with the owners, co-owners. 
Uh, you should definitely check it out and there will be more Tease tours to come. As always, so much going on. Thank you to our hardworking editors on thetease.com. We're proud to publish stories that salon pros and consumers care about. I'm so excited to learn more about how Monet built a reputation in the celebrity hair space. So coming right at you. Hi, Monet. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're so happy to be chatting with you on the podcast. Thank you for having me. There is nowhere else I'd rather be right now. Ooh. All right, we'll take it. (laughs) So let me first introduce you to our listeners. So today on the podcast, we have Monet Everett. And a bit about Monet, she is backed up by two decades of training and experience in the fields of beauty, fashion, and branding, and is an American board certified hair colorist with a diverse educational background. As a major force in beauty, Monet has worked under top global hair care brands such as Wella and Sebastian two of my favorites, and Mazzani, and her professional work has been heavily displayed in the world of film, television, print, theater, and numerous New York fashion weeks. National media giants such as Glamour, Harper's Bazaar, Essence, InStyle, and Yahoo Beauty um, have tapped her regularly as a trusted voice. And so how's that, Monet, for an intro? It's been wonderful. It's It really has been awesome. It's great to see that hard work pays off in that, especially in the beauty landscape, there are so many different things that you can do that maybe we're not told about in cosmetology. So it's wonderful to know where beauty can take us. And so, you know, obviously you've got those two decades of experience, some big names in there, but then I also have denoted here that you launched the Monet Life Academy, an online academy specifically for hairstylists, teaching them how to style for editorial, celebrity, and for all hair textures. And then, you know, just to top it off, we're just going to throw a book on top of it, right? (laughs) Um, And that's called Get Out of Your Own Way and essentially to help artists who want to follow their dreams and work with celebs and other high-end clientele. So I I have a feeling you're not going to stop there, Monet. Oh, no. I was uh, so blessed. That was my second book, my first one grades. And I've got a few more in me. Once that book bug bites you, you know, you come up with more ideas. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. And I mean, so multifaceted because it seems like you can take your creative vision and even create it on paper too. So kudos to you. Thank you so much. I always tell hairstylists or beauty pros, a lot of people can do and make others look beautiful, but to be able to explain and communicate, tell people what you're going to do, tell them how you're going to do it and when you're going to do it and get it done in that time is what's going to separate you. It's so true. And I, I say as a broken record over and over on the podcast, I, I have a sole mission of elevating our industry and craft. And I think that by being able to articulate and teach and learn as you know the client is in your chair or the celebrity clients in your chair, I think that that just adds so much more value overall to the industry. Absolutely. Uh, so Manet, how did you get started in the salon professional space? And did you always know that you were going to be doing hair? Yeah, so I definitely went into uh, cosmetology wanting to do hair, but I thought I would only be in the beauty space because uh, I knew I was going to college. So Mm -hmm. I did cosmetology my senior year in high school, freshman year in college, and I was so opinionated. And people used to say to me, if you can't do better, you shouldn't say anything. I was like, you know, I think with a little bit of training, I I could do better. So I just thought that I would do hair and beauty while I was in college because I did not enjoy any of those broke girl college stories. 
So I figured, hey, I'll make a little money. It'll be good. I knew I was putting myself through college and um, mom, me and daddy would not be putting that bill. But after I, uh, when I got to my senior year in college, I loved it so much. That's when I started learning about celebrity hairstyling, runway hairstyling, photo shoots. I had never heard of this before that time. So when I graduated, I was like, mommy, daddy, here's your degree. Now I'm going to stay in this beauty industry that you guys did not want me to get in from the beginning. Amazing. Incredible. I love it. <laughs> How did you get started with celebrities in Hollywood then? You know, sometimes I think back on that story and I'm like, I'm not even sure. I, I distinctly <laughs> remember the woman I was assisting in the salon telling me that this world exists. And I asked her, well, how would one get involved? And she didn't actually know because she wasn't actually doing it. And she said, oh, you go to the Craigslist and if they're looking for hairstylists. And I thought it would be so quick. I would just enter an ad and the world would open up. And <laughs> that's not how it went. But I would do like a runway show here and there or um, a friend would go, you know, take photos because no one even knew to call it a photo shoot or, or um, the dis- local distributors would come around to my salon and sell me on um, paying for a photo shoot. And I would think that that meant that I was really featured in the magazine. So, you know, I titled my book, Get Out of Your Own Way, because there was a crap load of unlearning I had to do. You know, a lot of things you, you think you know, or you guess it and you figure, well, it's quote unquote working. So it must be right, but you're going all the way left. So now you got a double time. Back. <laughs> Can you think of a time that things went all the way left? Oh my God. Which time? Yeah. Let's, let's share. Come on. Let's hear it. <laughs> <sighs> time that things went all the way left. Okay. The first one that comes to my head, I was doing a photo shoot and it was one of those photo shoots that I paid to be the hairstylist on. So, you know, not a real one, but enough that you can mm-hmm. get photos to put up in your salon. Yep. And we had to do the hair before we got to the photo shoot, which, you know, red flag one. So I did the model's hair. We drove the hour to the photo shoot. We got there. They were hours behind. It was really hot in there. So my model's hair started to like wilt. And so I was told I couldn't be in there when she was getting her makeup done. And I couldn't be in there when she was getting her photos done. Yeah, like all that. And I kept hearing laughter in the makeup room and I couldn't figure out what they were laughing at. So I eventually go in there and they said that the hair gel I had used to secure her hairline had melted. And it kept and the and the makeup artist was saying how I was making her job so harder. And clearly I didn't know how to do hair um, because it was melting down the face. And so of course the makeup artist not caring at all about the hair was destroying the hair, wiping, you know, the uh, hair gel. So in those images, they came out, I mean, decent, but you could see the shiny, greasy gel like coming down and disrupted in the hair. And the hair didn't have the volume because I didn't know how to prep it for hours of being in an 85 degree room. Just, I mean, oh my God. So I could, I could write a whole book on the things I got wrong. Let me tell you. Well, let's talk about the things that you've gotten right. I mean, you've got such a storied career, incredible clientele, the books, the brands, the whole thing. Uh, talk to us about like some of your biggest milestones from your perspective. Okay, something that jumps. Oh, so many. Like, okay, being able to style hair for a huge um, photo shoot with uh, Michelle Obama when they were just coming into the White House. So I didn't style her hair, but I was able to do the background. But I mean, that was historic. It was for Harper's Bazaar. Or when I was new to Instagram, um, a client from Kuwait found me, came over and had her hair and photos done um, 
here in New York and took me to Kuwait with her for two weeks. I didn't think this was possible. I only had like 200 client followers on Instagram at that time. Oh my God, so many different things. Oh, um, I was written about in Oprah Magazine, which that in itself was, was amazing, but someone read it and I got to go work in New Zealand for a production they were doing because they didn't have people who were diverse hairstylists. Like, a lot of amazing things, or it's like, you ask me a question, I can't think of an answer, and then I have so many. Or the time I was working on a, what I felt was a pretty big jury photo shoot, and I was so excited and happy to be there. And then I got a call from my agent saying, hey, can you be on a plane to London in seven hours? Like, unforeseeable, did not see this coming at all. And I was able to style Denai Guerrero for the BAFTA Awards which is, I believe, like almost their version of Oscars. Mm -hmm. I didn't think the world would get better than the jury shoot I was on. You get what I'm saying? And then I'm getting, so I had to like come up with a story to leave the jury shoot, to go home, to pack, to be on the flight in seven hours. By the time I got to that gate, I was a sweaty, hot mess, just profusely, could barely speak. And they were like, we've called your name seven times to board. I believe you, but I'm here now. Can I board? <laughs> so, yeah. That's awesome. I love Thank it. It sounds thanks. like it sounds like we could go on and on with all of those. But those are some pretty good highlights. We got Oprah. We got Michelle Obama. We got. So congrats on that. It's amazing. You know, you mentioned that, you know, some of these opportunities opened up um, because, you know, the styling from, you know, like diverse hair and hair texture. So, you know, I noticed that you are kind of a self-proclaimed diverse hair visionary, and I would love to know what that means for you. And and certainly it's meant something really big for your career, but, you know, share with our audience what that means. Yeah, it means a ton to me. I've always said, I pride myself in being able to style any hair texture you put in my chair. Uh, And I say, a lot of people say that they're hairstylists, but if you can only style hair uh, texture like like your own or similar to your own, you are an enthusiast. And I applaud you for being an enthusiast. A hairstylist must be able to style every hair texture and make them look way better when they get up than when they sat down. There's nothing wrong with being an enthusiast, but get yourself a little bit more education and and learn to be able to style all hair textures. This is what sets you apart. Almost any Jane Doe on the street can make someone look a little better if they sit down. And I say this with utmost humble and modesty um, because it is a pleasure and a blessing to be able to make anyone look better. When you make people look better, you make them feel better. And the exact opposite can happen if you're only able to style hair texture similar to your own and someone sits in your chair and you make them look worse than when they first sat down, you have more than likely made them feel worse about themselves. And that's not a good thing. Yeah, that is not a good thing. That is not a good thing. I love that. And I I actually have never heard it described that way. And I, it's, it's all parts kind of like, you know, savage slash perfect slash right on point. So I love it. Mm-hmm. It's great. Um, you know, in, in that regard, you know, if we're, you know, let's say beauty schools are kind of churning out enthusiasts, if you will, where, mm-hmm. where's some learning for our industry? Like, what do we need to be doing um, in regards to hair and beauty in this industry to make sure that we really are training everyone up to be true stylists, like you mentioned? So I think it's wonderful to look at cosmetology schools, their books and brands, 
but no one is solely responsible. You as the individual are responsible for your education. Cosmetology, at least my cosmetology school, never lied to me and said that they would make me fully able to sustain a career. They said they will help me pass this test. I've taken continued education no less than monthly my entire 20-year career. Um, We didn't have YouTube University when I first started. Everything on there is not amazing, but it's not all wrong. There's always something for you to learn. Then you have educators like myself who are putting out books and materials. I have over 200 videos on YouTube educating. I have an online university, and I could name at bare minimum, five others right now who have it. Um, Some other things that could be done um, differently are instead of cosmetology books or hair programs or trade shows saying, come learn ethnic or urban education. If it were just education, if it were Mm -hmm. just hair colorists that could color every texture of hair, just stylists who styled every texture of hair, just salon owner courses who own, of salon owners who own salons, all over, not in ethnic or urban categories. What happens is things get a little shaky because basically what you're saying is here's what's most important. Oh, and then you can add that other stuff there. Mm-hmm. So people think they don't have to learn it. And it it's shown by what we find it's pretty on the screen. It's shown by the people on the magazines and the celebrities. It's shown by who's in front of the camera, who's not in front, who's not behind. And what you're telling um, younger beauty pros is that stuff really isn't that important. But 70% of the world has hair that's considered textured. If we start looking at biracial children and unions, that is textured. And I always laugh, I have to throw this in. A lot of people say, oh, well, straight hair is the majority and I can make it work with straight hair. That's interesting because if I take someone who has stereotypically very straight Asian hair, the type of hair that you need a hot curler and a prayer to curl, most people can't style that either. So look, I don't want to be the curmudgeon, but I do want to um, afford this opportunity for people to think into their skills a little bit more. And once again, that stereotypically straight, very dark Asian hair, the stylists that say, oh, I'm only good at coloring, you know, hair, um, you know, similar to my own. They, they can't even color the super dark Asian straight hair, but they'll say, well, we struggle with Latin or black hair. First off, there's no such thing. There's only four hair textures, straight, wavy, curly, and coily. So it's um, a mistake to make it about race when it's not about race. It's about hair texture. It's about density. It's about curl pattern. It's, it's never about race. It's really important that if you value what you do, you're able to do an, an amazing job. Have some respect for the industry, you know? So Monet, let's go ahead and plug your online platform. Where can we find <laughs> the education that you're talking about? Because I mean, people are maybe not apt to search it out and they really should. I mean, 200 plus videos on YouTube, for example, where can people find that? Yeah, so of course you can go to my YouTube channel and it's at Monet Artistry. But more importantly, head on over to uh, themonelife.com and Monet is mm-hmm. M-O-N-A-E, themonelife.com. And I've got courses on how to style hair to photographic perfection, broken down by the hair texture, how to become an editorial hairstylist, how to focus on photo shoots, how to level up your career through photo shoots. And I've got a ton of free resources on there. My goal is really to lift this industry, make it 
fun again and um, empower people with being able to style all hair textures. And it's so funny. A lot of people say, well, I don't want to do hair for celebrities or photo shoots. Baby, it's 2020. Everything you do is for a photo shoot. You know, your clients getting up and they're taking a picture and some folks say, well, I already know what I'm doing. And I say, imagine this. Imagine you've made your client look amazing. She's beautiful. You love and you whip out yourself and you say, let me get a picture. And then you're like, oh, yeah. okay, not that angle. Okay, turn this. Oh, not that angle. Oh, that's not just your photography skills. That is something missing in the hairstyling. So I'm teaching you how to style hair to photographic perfection. So it looks amazing on camera. Love that. We are going to be including these links in the show notes. Don't you worry. Uh, make sure all of our listeners out there that you go check out everything that Monet's doing. Um, there's so many resources that are available that she's put out there very graciously and generously. Mm-hmm. So Thanks. Kelly alluded to this earlier. You're very, you're very welcome. Uh, Kelly alluded to this earlier that one of the reasons that we started the tease is to talk more directly about what's happening in the industry. Um, there have been some changes in the past 10 years. Some of these things have been good. Some of these things have been bad. Um, from your perspective, what else can be done? I mean, you address the fact that stylists themselves ought to search out education um, on more than one single type of hair texture, yes. for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not the only place that needs to be sort of addressed. Uh, brands, for example, um, education beyond the sort of individual approach. Like, what else do you think, from your perspective, um, needs to be addressed within the salon professional space? Every single aspect needs to be addressed. There are things that can change in every single aspect from the cosmetology book showing um, examples of different hair textures and examples of um, different hairstylists uh, giving the services. For example, just to be blunt, I want to see a Black woman styling an Asian woman. I want to see a Latin woman styling a Black woman because these things come into us like osmosis for who should be wearing, doing what. I want to see a white woman putting a weave into a black woman's hair or getting those curls and coils popping because we're looking at them and we're learning at an early age or early stage in our cosmetology career, what we should be doing. If you never see anyone that looks like you styling someone that looks like for lack of better word, them, you would think, oh, I don't have to do that. That's not expecting of me. And it's not even important. We've got to change that. I want to see on the covers of magazines, I want to see diversity. I want to see um, on movies, I'm sick of seeing the Black women cut out. Um, Sometimes if you look at the promo, they will be cut out. Um, and just simply not shown. So that is proving the point that no one wants to see them. So why should we have professionals that can style them if they are not bringing people in at the box office because they're never given the chance, they're not paid on the same scale. People are not making money behind the scenes. It's not diverse. Um, A lot of times on sets, you'll have hairstylists who are not, who are simply unable to provide a service. I don't care about race. You're Mm -hmm. unable to provide this service, but you're getting paid a whole lot of money and you have your client on screen looking crazy, which could lead to her being cut out of the promos. It's not something as tiny as people will make it out to be. Or you have brands who are saying, "Okay, I will pour into the salons that spend money with education. But if you have a smaller salon with five stylists, it's not possible to compete with the larger salon with 50 stylists. These brands yep. could say, okay, we will have classes in this area that all of you with smaller um, 
salon with smaller amount of stylists can come to rather than curtailing the larger to the larger salons who only do certain hairstyles and leave other types of hair out. We could have more diverse models on the front of magazines or, or on the front of the brand. If I go to pick up hair color and the model is always blonde haired, blue eyed, I don't think about the young woman with hazel eyes and caramel skin. You get what I'm saying? We have to combat this from every way possible. That means finding educators. And they exist. As I keep saying, I can rattle off names. There are so many, just being blunt, there are so many hairstylists. Like generally, if you can style um, curly or king, you can style all hair textures. But if you find other hairstylists that can style most hair textures, they are usually unable to style curly and kinky hair textures. Find the educators that can do it all and realize that it's almost a disrespect to put someone at the top of the industry who cannot style all hair textures. There's nothing wrong (laughs) with having a niche, something you are amazing at, but you still should be able to style all hair textures. So, you know, I don't want to ramble, but Any level that you bring up, we can look at some way of changing, and that's never to overlook the individual stylist's responsibility to go out and find more. You got Instagram, you can learn a little something from, YouTube, and then you have individual stylists and educators like myself who are putting out full course loads because we see what's missing in the industry. There is no one brand that I've come across that completely covers everything. So my goal is to consult with more brands to make sure that they are putting out great imagery and great education because we need diversity and diversity is not synonymous with more black. We need people who can style and color hair. And another question I had when we were talking about brands is you mentioned, um, you know, kind of propping up stylists uh, at the top of brands. Are there brands that you think are doing a great job that have put talent out in the forefront that can style and color all textures of hair? You know, the first thing that comes to mind, the first brand is probably Amika. I love seeing uh, Naima and most other brands that come to mind. I'm thinking can kind of pick up a little bit more. Uh, Sebastian has always done a great job, but you know, there's room for improvement. Uh, I, there's not a brand that really comes to hand to um, mine. that's just really knocking it out the park. Diva Curl is doing pretty well. Uh, Yeah, but there's so much room for improvement. So brands contact me, let's change this. Let's get some great imagery out there showing the importance of styling all hair textures, making it easy and fun and how your brand can do more than just the norm. So we are in full support of you, Monet, getting that money um, and brands getting in touch with you to consult and do all sorts of things together. Like, let's get those projects lined up. Um, How else uh, have you networked and and grown in the industry? Like, what advice do you have for hairstylists that are coming up so that they are not enthusiasts, but proper stylists in the sort of vision that you've laid out? Don't be scared to, I, I mean, I cannot say enough what an advocate of classes I am in education, because that's the thing that can't be taken from you when you how they're teaching you and learn it. You don't have to agree. Um, Assist other stylists, um, assist when you want to work on set or on photo shoots. There's nothing wrong with deciding you don't want to do it 
the way that the person you're assisting is doing, but you need to know the how and the why they're doing it that way to decide why you do or do not want to do it that way. Think about mentoring down. A lot of times people want a mentor. They want someone that they can go to and ask all the questions and get all the feedback and get all the support and get all the opportunities and get all the jobs. So first off, mentoring don't really work that way. That's sponsorship. Uh, But in terms of mentoring down, so let's just use me for an example. Let's say that I could teach you how to do hairstyles you've never dreamed you can do. What can you do for me? I don't really need your coffee. I don't really need you as a dinner date, but maybe I kind of suck at taking iPhone photos. You, this is what you offer me. Maybe I am not good at uh, today's slang. Maybe there's new terms or new types of hairstyling that I haven't mastered. This is what can you give in return? Nothing in life is free. Everything has a cost. And a lot of times people throw around the word mentorship and they expect someone to come in and really make them whole and give them a career. And it doesn't work that way. And it leads you to a lot of disappointment. Well, disappointment on both sides. Mm Because if I had a career to give to you, I probably would. That's the type of person I am, but it just doesn't work that way. Um, So some things to do are reach out, join in their comments, say good things, say how you feel to them in the comments. You know, you have social media, um, show up at their events and support them. If they're teaching online, if they're teaching at events, um, do things, you will stand out. We're humans like everyone else. And we get on stage, we present these shows and we're just praying that someone likes it or is paying attention and to look and see a face that you've seen before who is saying, no, this is what you said. And this is what I um, learned from it. You can't help but want to pour back into that student. So anytime you ask me what someone can do for themselves, it's always going to be a reciprocal answer. There's nothing that you can really just do for me that wouldn't make me want to do something for you and vice versa. So you're going to be at a loss if you're always thinking, what can this person do for me? It has to be reciprocal. I think that's great too. Thank you. And and I love your perspective and, and kind of where you're coming from. So thank you for sharing that. I, I do want to touch on, you know, you know, Hollywood hair in COVID times, right? So, you know, a lot has changed. Our high touch industry has changed a lot. Um, how has that how has that been working for you, you know, right now with your celebrity clientele during this pandemic? Oh, yes. A lot more PPE. But I, I do stand with my hairstylist who said we're always known for being clean. Uh, so, you know, that's another thing that separates an enthusiast from a professional. You should have always been cleaning your station, your tools, your setup and things of that nature. And it's really important for clients to have seen you doing that before. But a especially now. So I'm going to work. I am wearing a mask. I am changing out supplies, cleaning up more often. And honestly, I'm not working with a lot of new clients. I think it's probably a little difficult for them to take that plunge of bringing somebody in because they have to ask, um, is this person sanitary and how does this person live? And I hate to bring that up because how you live is, you know, depending on many different things, but For the first time in my life, I think it's um, been pretty good that I live alone. Like it kind of, I work that into the conversation because they do have to worry, okay, how many people are you quarantining with and are they making good decisions when they're coming and going? So, you know, um, I go out of my way to try to comfort my clients as much as as possible, but it it is still the really awkward run towards, let me give you, oh, I don't know if I can hug you, let's back it up. 
that's still happening. <laughs> I know. It's so true. I mean, it's just such a high touch point. I mean, stylists are lovers, you know, and they want to just, yeah. just hug. <laughs> so yeah, but it, you know, it's funny because I, I always tell my clients though, I do hug them for the reason that I will be touching them for two hours. Yeah. So how can I play in your hair and not give you mm-hmm. a hug? And touch is okay. so important. It's one of the things we skip over. People need to be touched, you know, um, not to go too far left. But, you know, you've heard about babies who don't make it through the whole year if they're not touched enough. Sure. A lot of people are lacking touch. So a quick hug, you know, looking away because, you know, I don't want your cooties. No, I'm joking. But a quick <laughs> hug can go a long way. I agree. I'm a hugger myself. <laughs> um, you know, in working with, you know, a lot of the, you know, so some big name celebrities, is there a deli- delicate conversation of, you know, promoting yourself, but keeping their privacy, but also those accolades of you doing that work? How do you, de- how do you juggle that? That is the best question I've ever been asked on a podcast. And it is not easy. And I am 20 years in and it takes, it is, it is difficult. Specifically when I discuss my book, for example, I talk to my clients and I make it very clear. This is not a tell all. None of your business is in there. I list names on a resume and I ask every single time I photo or video, I ask first. Because I never want to put someone in a position to think that I am betraying their trust. There's a lot of people in their circles that they don't know if they can trust that come and go. And I don't want to be one of those uh, people. But yeah, like uh, I have, I think I crossed the hump where they wanted to be part of my promos. But in the beginning, that was not the case. So now they kind of expect, well, you recorded when you worked with her, you recorded when you worked with her. How come you don't want pictures of me? How come you don't want to record? So my most of my core group of clients like it. But I ask every time. But I did recently, like a few months ago, at the beginning of COVID, work with a very well-known celebrity who refused to let me take any picture of her at all. And I think that we were not of like minds on many different subjects. So she just Mm. wasn't my client. And that might've been her way of like getting back at me, but that's okay. I don't tell anybody I worked on her. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. I mean, there is a level of confidentiality, whether it's celebrity or non-celebrity when you are a stylist and have that dedicated time and, you know, touch with someone that they, they want that comfort. So I commend you on, on the approach to that. Thanks. You know, I tell people all the time when I work with people that's in their home, whether it's the home they pay for or their pseudo home of their hotel room, how rude is it to walk into someone's home and just start photoing and videoing? And let me tell you, I have been in some homes that I wanted to whip that camera out. Like in the beginning, I used to send my mom these photos and I would ask them first, like, oh, this is just so beautiful. Can I show my mom? And they'd be like, "Okay," but you have to ask. So you had talked about some Celebrity clientele uh, at the beginning who had been on your Instagram um, and then later down the road, clientele that are more interested in popping up than maybe they would have been before because of so-and-so that's been on. Um, What has been the success to growing your Instagram? Uh, A lot of stylists are all about that. They want to make sure that they're marketing themselves, reaching potential customers, new clients. Like, What has been a little bit of the secrets to your success? I think in terms of celebrity, first off, let's call it what it is. People want to see every aspect of a celebrity they can see. So behind the scenes, I think in terms of inspiring the clients to want 
to take them. I am very complimentary and very truthful about when they look good. And I really hype them up. And I really, I take a lot of videos because I am one of those people that videos work better for, you know, a photo is just a moment in time and it might not be the best photo. So, you know, those videos where they're able to and show how much they're enjoying the style. Everybody's not super photogenic. So what happens when you have great hair on a person that the camera didn't love at that very second? Then your image is not good and everybody's sad. You got no likes and no one shared it, you know? So give them a little bit more time and space to show how much they like their look. Everybody is into does the client like their look? And I think that that really comes through on my Instagram more so than anything else that I make people happy. So we want to plug your book. We've got to know what's going on here. So get out of your own way. 25 insider tips for booking celebrity clients. Tell us, you know, the genesis for how you wrote this book. I understand that you wrote it during the pandemic. Give us a little shout on that. Yeah. So get out of your own way. I always had people who would jump in my DMs and emails and ask me how I got here. And I'm like, hold on, got where? No, just, just joking. But they wanted to know how to get to celebrities and these high-end clients and supermodels. And so it was going to be like a 10 um, page, how to get booked. But the more and more I wrote, the more and more I see like, okay, I had made a, re- a lot of decisions that were not the best. And I got in my way a lot. So it ended up turning into 25 um, insider tips for booking celebrity hairstyling clients Um, because I wanted to walk through, you you come up with your own way of doing things. You have to guess. I didn't have any uh, celebrity hairstylists to talk to. I didn't have in the beginning business mentors. I didn't even know any celebrities. So I did a whole lot of guesswork. And let me tell you, I guessed wrong a lot. So not only did I have to redo, um, find the right way to do things, but I had to mend a lot of broken fences, for example, and they weren't always super broken. I don't know. Let me just make up an example. If I found out someone's entourage, I found out this person was with them. I might start sending them all these hairstyling photos only to find out that's the chef. Like the chef can't help you get booked for hairstyling. Or I would pitch a manager because she is a manager, but she's a former manager to Ah. this client. She works with 25 other people, but she no longer works with that one. So I have now pestered her and I'm probably pestered myself out of 25 clients because I didn't do the proper research. (laughs) You know, I didn't know they got into a fist fight at the holiday party. I I wasn't there. They didn't invite me, you know, (laughs) but that's great. Hey, but you know what, this is real, no doubt. I mean, you started, like you said it, that's amazing that you didn't have any celebrity clientele contacts and you just, you did your research, you you wiggled in. (laughs) Worked my way up and um, I want to give some more detailed examples. I really increased my reputation in the salon as the go-to person who knew how to do all hair textures, who knew how to do styles and keep your hair healthy and on your head. I went out of my way to keep a really positive attitude with everyone who came in the salon. And those that I felt I built a rapport with, I told them, I would love to work with celebrities. I would love to do fashion shows. And they started spreading the word for me. And I showed up and showed out every time I was referred. So if I got referred for a low budget runway show with 15 Moodles, as in not real models, those Moodles were probably friends with real models. And the real model said, but damn, your hair looks so good. And then this is how you start 
switching. And then the models are trying to be actresses. So they go on set and someone says, okay, but we don't have a hairstylist. And they say, but Monet, maybe she could do it. She was on time. She did a good job on our hair. She was easy to talk to. And this is how your reputation grows. You want to do anyone that someone else would say, oh my God, Monet does your hair. Oh, I've got to let her do my hair. Sometimes you got to work with the Moodles to get to the models. That yes. is the soundbite. Incredible. Monet. Absolutely. Oh my God. Uh, where can people find the book? You can find Get Out of Your Own Way at themonelife.com or on my Instagram at Monet Artistry. It's linked in the bio. So um, Get Out of Your Own Way by Monet Everett. And Monet is M-O-N-A-E, M-O-N-A-E. Still M-O-N-A-E because it's Monet Artistry. Amazing. We're including that in the show links. Don't you guys worry, but please check it out uh, for all of those insider tips and more. All right, Monet, this is the last segment that we've got before we're going to say goodbye, which is our favorite. It is called Quick Takes with Teas. Uh, these are the same questions that we ask each and every guest. We are looking for your hottest quick take. First up, what is the product that you're loving right now? I'm going to go with my shine products, the Aquaj Beyond Shine and Naked by Essations, I think it's Liquid Shine. I don't know the name, but I know I need it. Okay. We'll link to it too. We'll find it. <laughs> uh, what are you streaming? What are you watching? What are you listening to? Lay it on us. Oh, oh my God. I'm a super binge watcher. I just got up on This Is Us, um, The Crown. Uh, I got to throw it into my ratchet people, Pea Valley, I was here for. Uh, you know, your girl does a lot of different things. What else? What else? What else? Oh, so many different things. Okay. Those are what come okay. to mind. Yeah. That's what we're here for. Quick takes. Okay. Real talk, words of advice for pros who want to get to the top of our industry. Again, they've got your book. There's 25 tips. There's your Instagram. There's all of those things. Hot take, quick thing. What can they do to get to the top? Listen and follow directions listen and follow directions. You do not know better than the person that is telling you because they are where you want to be. They got something over you. Wow. All right. Last question. 2020 has been a mess. We can all agree. 2021 predictions. What do you got? It's got to be better than 2020. That's all I got. Is it better be better than 2020? Whether you're 2020 was a mess or great. I, I pray that 2021 is better. Indeed. I think we're all solidly there. <laughs> oh, it's, it's only up from here. So um, thank you so much for your answers. I mean, this was so fun. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, lots of knowledge dropped here. And before we go, I know that we've, we've got a couple shouts on where we can find you, but let's hear it one more time. Um, your Instagram, Facebook, where on your.com so we can make sure everybody's headed over there. Wonderful. So at Monet Artistry is the best place for Instagram and YouTube. Monet Artistry, M-O-N-A-E, Artistry. Um, also the Monet life is the best website to get a hold of all of my classes. I do a crap load of free classes. Oh yeah. You can text the word hair, like the hair on your head to three, three, seven, seven, seven. So hair, like hair on your head to three, three, seven, seven, seven. And you'll always get the update on when I'm doing free classes or giveaways or something cute and special for you. Yeah. I've got to know, is there a team behind Monet? And if so... Let's give them a shout out. And if not, how in the world do you juggle it all? 
Unfortunately, there's not a solid team. I do go to advisors uh, here and there. I have had PR in the past, but no, there is no solid team. But please don't be like me. Get yourself a team. A team is super important. I'm always looking to build a great team. And like I said, partner with brands. So that can be my team. Well, I am in awe of you. Thank you again uh, for your time here today. So Jeff, what did you think? Amazing. She's an absolute powerhouse, the, the mm-hmm. unstoppable. If you're not following her, you should be. Uh, get on that. Monet has so much information to share, uh, so much knowledge, so much expertise, uh, and she's giving away a lot of it for free every day on her Instagram. Yeah. Um, so hop on that. If you're not following, you should definitely be following. Check out her website, buy her book, all those things. I learned a ton. Curious about celebrity hairstyling now and what she was talking about in terms of like trust and all yeah. of that. Like, I feel like 2021 is going to be strange as we gear up for award season, like what that's yeah. going to look like. And I'd love to follow up with her to see like what the heck that even looks like now. And I think that, you know, working in this space, like she would be an incredible ambassador or influencer for brands who are, are one looking to get perspective and an in-depth, very credible perspective on diversity, textured hair, celebrity clientele, celebrity stylist. There is an opportunity brands out there for you to kind of hop on that. So check out the show notes for all of her contact information to connect. Be sure to hit subscribe, rate, and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tease and send in questions to volume up at thetease.com. Remember, we're checking. We're checking. <laughs> Jeff is hitting refresh <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> right now. Volume Up is a Tease Media production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey and Stephen Jodorand. Thank you to our creative team, Kay Reynolds and Haley Hefner, for putting together the graphics for this episode, and to Josh Landowski for editing so that you can watch and listen on YouTube.